Every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, a ministry of 1-8 Catalyst, where we are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. To learn more about our work or to listen to previous episodes, please visit our website at 1-8, spelled out in word form, catalyst.org. That's 1-8-catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. This is the 81st episode, and I'm so glad that you're with us. Unfortunately for all of us, I am without my co-host, Ken Watmore, today, mainly because I'm just going to be on for a couple of minutes. We are actually, for this, the 81st episode, going to be replaying a interview I did for a local radio station. For those of you in the Denver area, you may be familiar with 94.7 FM KRKS, and that radio station has one of their hosts, Tom Muller, who occasionally asks me to come on, give an update about the ministry, uh, talk a little bit about... Actually, I get to talk about kind of whatever I want to talk about, and so in this episode of his uh, program on the radio station which is called Along the Way, I actually asked if I could give sort of a preview of the 1-8 Catalyst partnership sheet that we've now got on our website. If you'd want to find out more about our ministry, go to 18catalyst.org. And in particular, I really wanted to talk about uh, Great Commission Fulfillment, some of the things that we're doing, uh, this podcast, of course, uh, some of the other things that we have going on. I think I talk a little bit about our project towards reaching unreached people groups in China and India. And so I am just simply going to play the entire Along the Way episode that aired about two weeks ago on their radio waves. As a side note, if you want to learn more about 94.7 KRKS, you simply need to go to the website 947fmtheword.com, and then you can click through, find Tom Muller to find their program along the way. Actually, he's got a great program. I believe it actually airs on uh, Saturday mornings, and so it's a it's made. To- so yes, thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoy the radio broadcast. I will not be coming back on after it's over. So let me go ahead and just say, again, if you want to learn more about 18 Catalyst, simply go to 18catalyst.org. You can find out more about me at uh, and actually contact me at on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Missions Mike. My co-host Ken Watmore is at Ken Watmore. Um, hit him up as well there. So, yes, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast, and we will look forward to having you for the 82nd episode of the Made for Missions podcast next week. Mm-hmm. 
On the Way with Tom Muller. One Eight Catalyst is a ministry which is an outgrowth of Mike Falkenstein's missions work in China. He's my guest today on Along the Way. We'll also hear from Jeff Hildebrandt and his view from the pew. You may remember Mike Falkenstein from our interviews talking about his work in China. He spoke to me about his transition from the China projects to his current project called One Eight Catalyst. Those projects actually became, they'll never be completely job well done, but they were being serviced mm-hmm. partially by the church in China themselves. Uh-huh. So we just began asking the Lord kind of what was next. And, you know, I've always had this heart towards, you know, Great Commission fulfillment. So we really went from, at least internationally, we went from, you know, doing Bible distribution to uh, Bible translation work as a way oh. to uh, reach unreached people groups around the world. And so, uh, so yeah, so we've really just taken this organization and done a rebranding and uh, it's exciting to see what God's been doing. The Great Commission, of course, is go and make disciples of yeah, all that's right. peoples. But we read nations really as peoples and people groups, right? Yeah, that's right. So we've taken a an approach of, you know, as you look throughout scripture, there's, uh, not only the go and make disciples, but in Mark 16, uh, Jesus says, you know, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And then obviously the verse that we take our, our uh, ministry name from, Acts 1-8, to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the, to the Adamor parts of the world, then that forms a definition of the Great Commission. And then for the Western Church, of course, you know, we see Jesus then saying, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Mm -hmm. Well, then we look back at what the commands of the Great Commission are, and we say, okay, let's go. You know, how can we fulfill, you know, these commands that Jesus has given us? How does the Western Church, since you've been kind of an international person, Mm -hmm. how does the how thick-headed are we in the Western <laughs> That's Church? That's a good question. I think it's becoming clear that we just are so distracted in the West that mm-hmm. we're just, just easy for us to think about anything else, you know, everything else than, yeah. you know, these unreached people groups in China and India and the 1040 window and in our kind of everyday world, it's just easy to kind of forget about them, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming our prosperity has something to do with that. Yeah, definitely true. I think the prosperity, we have so many other things that are vying for our attention mm-hmm. and, you know, entertainment options and, you know, all of that. So, so that is at least part of what we're interested in doing is kind of bringing, uh, attention to, you know, there's some indication that out of the 17,000 people groups around the world, there's over 6,000 still that would be considered either unreached or unengaged. And so in the definitions there, the best of those is unreached, which means a people group has less than 1% of its population Christian, which is not enough for those Christians to reach the rest of their people group. Mm-hmm. So to have over 6,000 still, and by the way, from the Christian perspective, uh, biblical perspective, we know that Jesus doesn't return until all of those 6,000 are reached. Yeah. So certainly it's in our best interest mm-hmm. even to, you know, focus on these unreached and unengaged people groups. Our best interest, but also it really reflects on Jesus's love for people that yeah. he will not come back. He says until that's right. We partner with him 
to uh, reach those people. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly yeah. right. So yeah, I think it's uh, there's a couple of passages that we use as kind of our why for our ministry. And, you know, one of those is the Matthew 24 passage, right, where he says that the, the gospel will go out to all the nations and then the end will come. Mm-hmm. And so, but it you have to have that, fir- that first part first, right? right? And you say that uh, the inspiration for the name of your ministry, 1-8 Catalyst, is Acts 1-8. Yeah, that's right. A catalyst is, of course, a uh, comes from a chemistry name initially yeah. where it's, you know, you put the one chemical in with the other and it creates a change to the, to the one, you know, uh-huh. so, so we're really interested in, you know, more and more people going from not being involved in Great Commission fulfillment to becoming involved. So we have all kinds of training tools. We have, we, you and I were just talking about, in fact, you've helped us with our podcast mm-hmm. called the Made for Missions podcast, which people can find on our website, our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube series called Three Minutes of Truth, which is just kind of what is the 1040 window? And, you know, how do you share your testimony? And, you know, just trying to give people tools to be able to um, fulfill the Great Commission in their own lives. Well, let's talk about uh, what those tools are in terms of the catalyst that uh, you're wanting to see happen. And also, let's uh, point people to your website, mm. uh, which spells out uh, the numbers 1 and 8, 18catalyst.org. That's right. I imagine people can get all sorts of information about what you're doing there. That's right. So in our website, there's everything from our little two-minute video that we've created, which is our overview video, to updates on our projects overseas to obviously it leads people then to the YouTube channel and the podcast and other resources. So, yeah, of course, that's the beautiful thing about doing ministry uh, in this day and age. There's so much of these online tools you yeah. can have, right? Yeah. Well, you're providing tools, you're providing education. So give us a step-by-step uh, motion or a step-by-step yeah. step of, right. uh, of what well, you're doing. Well, I think, you know, for us, right, as I've been praying through all of this and seeing God, you know, direct us. Uh, so I have this, uh, so I start always with this, um, I have this friend who's a pastor in Dallas and he has this, this phrase that he always says where he says that many churches in the West Right. The leaders of these churches have made this deal with their people. And the deal is uh, we won't ask much of you. And in return, uh, you just give us some money to keep the lights on and whatever. <laughs> and this is more and more the Western church. And yet when we look at the, you know, scripturally, that's not really what we see. I don't yeah. think that's God's best for for any of us, yeah. right? So, so we've tried to break it down and say, okay, what's the real issue? I think the the first issue is, you know, people who our disciples of Jesus really want them to tell others about Jesus, right? I mean, if you've had this experience where you're just like, man, I gotta tell people about what Jesus has done in my own life. And so we start there and we say, okay, so, uh, I've done a, a Bible study, men's study that has turning, turning into a, a workbook just called the six marks of a disciple. So we look at kind of what a disciple of Jesus is. And so those tools will be available soon. And in the process, then on the website, you can go and uh, there's a 15 minute video we have on how to share your testimony, how to share uh, a gospel, simple gospel presentation, which I would think for the disciple of Jesus, that's at least something you should have. Right? Mm-hmm. Are these tools 
just to be able to uh, share the reason for the hope that you have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of our ministry, of course, we want to, just because we've had all this international experience, uh, we've turned towards reaching unreached and unengaged people groups. So one of the cool opportunities that people have is uh, we're using a Bible translation method, relatively new, uh, uh, developed by a organization called Wycliffe Associates. And Wycliffe Associates has developed this Bible translation methodology called the MAST translation. So rather than doing Bible translation in years, which has always been the case, mm-hmm. they're literally seeing, um, you know, New Testaments done in under a year, hmm. 40 weeks or less. Uh-huh. And so as a part of that, we're actually recruiting people to come and be a part of this facilitation team as we teach people how to do this method. So it's a really a neat deal. And the, the, obviously there's a lot we could say about this masked, um, methodology, but the, the reason that it is faster is that you're actually, if you have a large enough team of, uh, mother tongue speakers, mm-hmm. they can actually do they're doing multiple books of the Bible at the same time. So if you have a team of 30 people who are mother tongue speakers, you can, uh, after they go through the two weeks of training on how to do it, then you can say, okay, you tend take Matthew, you tend take Luke, right? And so at the same time, you're doing multiple books of the Bible at the same time. Wow. So, um, so yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, and of course, you know, accuracy's there. Cause that, of course, that's the thing that people always wonder is, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing a whole New Testament in 40 weeks when I thought it was supposed to take 10 years, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, but they've done all the studies. It's, you know, it's, it's really somewhat of a revolutionary type thing. So it's been really fun. I'd say so. But in order to have that, you've got to go find these people who yeah. are mother tongues. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. So, and fortunately, actually, there are people who have gone before us. So the, there are multiple lists that, that researchers have put together that are, okay, so it'll, it'll list all the people groups throughout the world and then it highlights those that are still unreached. And so I would highly recommend for people who have an interest in that, there's a, Organization actually just down um, I-25 from us here in Colorado Springs called the Joshua Project. Mm-hmm. So I believe they're – if you do a Google search for Joshua Project, you'll find them. But they have a list and so it's really a nifty deal because you can uh, – so out of all the people groups in the world, then you can say, all right, they have these filters. I want just the ones in China or just the ones in India. And then even amongst that, the ones that still have a need for – uh, Bible, a Bible in their, in their language. Mm-hmm. So that at least helps you. Um, and then with our ministry, we are just developing a team of five people in China that then will take that list and begin to do the research of going to those places, um, really assessing the need of the Bible in their language. Uh, what's the st- status of the church? And so, because when you're, when you get around these people, uh, who are doing these lists, what they'll often say is that the people groups around the world that were easy to reach, right, they've now been reached. Yeah. Uh-huh. The ones that are left, they're the hard ones, right? Uh-huh. They're the ones that there are no roads that go to these villages and you're right, they're in very hard to reach areas. Uh-huh. And so, you know, obviously if you have a heart though toward 
reaching them, they can be found. Yeah. Right? They can sure. be. So I always have, I always tell people, um, this quick story. I have a good friend of mine who runs a ministry. He's an American, but he lives in Thailand and his ministry, they go to these villages where they have to hike a week along the southern border of China and they'll go to these uh, villages and say, have you ever heard the name of, once they get there, have you ever heard the name of Jesus? And they'll say, is that a brand of soap or is that a shampoo? I mean, not ever once uh-huh. have they heard about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so obviously that's more and more where our heart is going is mm. towards these people that uh, and we can use our experience. We've had 20 some years of experience overseas and, uh-huh. and, be, a, and a lot of contacts. Yeah. And a lot of contacts and whatnot. So uh-huh. this is really the internationally. I think that's the job now for the, for the global church is mm-hmm. to find these people that don't yet have never heard the name of yeah. Jesus. Right. So I, I would imagine, do I understand this right then that obviously your organization, unless you've got five million people in your organization, your organization is not sending people to every one of these uh, untouched people's groups. Yeah, that's right. But you're networking to find people who do. Well, that's right. And actually, I think more and more, uh, not just our organization, but organizations um, around the world are realizing that the model has just changed, mm-hmm. right? So back mm-hmm. in whatever, 100 years ago, 80 years ago, it was Joe and Jane missionary going to a people group, uh, learning their language, begin doing Bible translation, evangelism, all of that. And that was their kind of their life work. Yeah. Uh, more and more, the, the model is going toward training uh, native people, local people, uh, to, to do the work. Yeah. But you've got to find them. Right. Yeah. I mean, A, it just saves you a lot of time. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I mean, you know, the kind of the, the call in this work now is these people that are yet unreached are, are yet reached. Uh, they've waited long enough, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's time to go, uh, go find these people. Yeah. And so, and even what, well, with what we're doing, having a team of five Chinese, to do that full time again, they're going to get around the country way easier and better, and they speak the language, and mm-hmm. you know. So, um, because at least in a place like China, where Mandarin Chinese is uh, is taught in every school in China, you might have a mother tongue speaker of another language, but then they also know at least some Mandarin Chinese as well. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you got two groups in this country. Yes, people interested in. Um and missions that once they find out about you, be automatically tuned into what you're doing and attentive, right? Mm-hmm, that's uh, right. So, but then you have kind of the casual Western Christian who is not tuned into anything, and and yet you have all these resources. You have the podcast and so forth. How do you get those people to be aware of what you're doing? That's a really good question. So I think that the Obviously, the way that we have, uh, you know, all these online tools again helps us so that we have not only a Facebook page, but, you know, we're pretty active on Twitter and that helps. Mm-hmm. It, it is interesting that even in that circle, it is generally people who already have a heart towards either Great Commission fulfillment or reaching unreached and unengaged people groups. So, <laughs> so it's a, it's a ongoing, issue with mm-hmm. not only our organization 
but people that we talk to who do the same thing with other ministries, right? Yeah. The only limit to what we can do in ministry is how many people find out about who we are and, you know, partner with us, uh-huh. right? So, uh, so, but there are opportunities to speak at churches and, you know, as I was mentioning to you, I have this, uh, sermon that I've been giving. And so every time I get a chance to talk about the Great Commission and what God's doing, uh, that's another, group of people, some of who uh, obviously hopefully will share with others. And so hopefully the platform continues to spread. And mm-hmm. just your question reminds me of a uh, – I have another good friend of mine here in Denver where we are uh, who runs a ministry, and he often talks about just kind of this this whole thing of building the platform and, you know, the fundraising piece in particular, which is – 60 or 70 percent of my job uh-huh. is what I do is raise the money for our ministry. Yeah. And so he said it's often like painting the Golden Gate Bridge over the course of a year. And then the, you, the new year starts and you look back and the bridge has to be repainted all over again. I'm speaking with Mike Falkenstein from uh, 1-8 Catalyst, who uh, is uh, trying to be the catalyst or who is under the power of the Holy Spirit mm. to be the catalyst to, to uh, bring us to really a wholehearted uh, commitment to reaching the world for Jesus Christ mm. through training, uh, through um, reaching unengaged and unreached people. Under your, your, the how of the training, mm-hmm. uh, you have a disciple book, six marks of a disciple book. You have, uh, the YouTube channel, personal blogs, uh, evangelism and personal growth training, spiritual disciplines training, uh, and a podcast on iTunes. So you've got a lot where you can really instruct people. Yeah. Uh, who want to just kind of, Open, open the door a little bit to see what they can learn. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, with our ministry, we have sort of a, in terms of what we do, right? We often talk about, you know, we're, we're reaching and discipling those without Jesus worldwide. Mm-hmm. And so the two sides of our ministry connect because on one hand, it is, I think it is when the Western church understands their responsibility to uh, obey the Great Commission commands mm-hmm. that then the unreached and unengaged people groups get reached, yeah. right? And not not everyone who uh, goes through our training feels called to going overseas. Mm-hmm. But as we talk about in the podcast and many other places, you can find Great Commission fulfillment as a Western Christian by just reaching your neighbors, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've just interviewed uh, actually another guy here in Denver, Dave Runyon, who wrote a book called The Art of Neighboring. And so we're a big fan of that book because it's a great training tool. Because if you're reaching your neighbors, that's great commission fulfillment. Or maybe it's, hey, I work on a floor that has 50 people, and that's going to be my mission field. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that's as much of great commission fulfillment as what we're doing overseas. Sure. Sure. Right. So. And then in terms of overseas, if they never step foot in another country, they can help support you through prayer, through ministry uh, support, financial yeah, that, support. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a great way to look at it. Well, tell us again 
about the ongoing educational opportunities, the the podcast, uh, how people can yes. uh, access that. Yes. So our podcast like is uh, available on our website at oneincatalyst.org, and it's available on iTunes, which I always like to point people towards that because whenever there's a new episode that we we post, it just automatically, if you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, it'll automatically come onto your phone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the podcast is sort of everything from, again, what we mentioned, you know, how do you reach your neighbors? How do you reach your workmates to uh, we have uh, something called the Made for Missions Country Profile where we profile different countries and some of what God is doing. We've just done one about the 1040 window. And so that's education type pieces. Obviously, if you go to YouTube and you look us up at 1-8 Catalyst, you can subscribe there as well. More and more, that's becoming a um, a good tool for us. And then maybe finally would be our Facebook page, which again, if you go to Facebook and you look us up, you know, with Facebook Live. Sure. Oh, um, yeah. We yeah. just do a 20-minute – I just get on the first Thursday of the month uh-huh. and just do a 20-minute thing. We have people who watch and, I mean, again, that's just a broader reach. People worldwide can get on and and then it saves that video on our, our Facebook page. In terms of the other side of the ministry, the international part, mm-hmm. part of the ministry – how many lines do you have in the water <laughs> for all these uh, all these people groups? Well, so right now, because we're a relatively small ministry, we're taking the experience that we have in China, and we're uh, you know we're trying to tackle these three hundred languages that don't yet have a portion of scripture in China. In China, and then uh, we've just been doing some things in India, actually. So we've mm-hmm. gotten our first uh, Bible translation project there. And so, uh, but with our partnership with Wycliffe, I mean, these guys are, yeah. again, that's what they do. So mm-hmm. if you partner with them, it's sort of like, you know, we're talking about in the next year starting, you know, 30 new Bible translation projects in China. And um, so it's exciting for us because it certainly gives us a boost to then follow up and then do the rest of the ministry that we want to do after Bible translation. It's evangelism. And we've got some things with the the Jesus film project, Mm. you know, which just takes the book of Luke. So once Mm -hmm. you have the Luke translated and then church planting and theological training. So there's Bible translation leads the the way. And then after that, there's a lot to do. So I would assume that Lord willing, we would be growing just because you'd need people to manage those projects and make sure they're on track and whatnot. So, yeah, so I guess the answer to your question is we have a number of lines in the water now and there'll be more upcoming So, just because there's a lot of work to do, right? Well, you can find out more information on everything we've been talking about. And believe me, there is a whole lot more than what we've had time to talk about here. Thank you. By going online to 1-8-Catalyst, and that's uh, spelling out the words one and eight, one eight catalyst dot org. My guest is Mike Falkenstein. Mike, I'm so glad to catch up with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. It's great to be here. And now Jeff Hildebrandt and his view from the pew. The second chapter of James cautions us not to discriminate against the poor in our midst. Ephesians four urges us to be completely humble, patient, and loving. That's the springboard for this view from the pew. 
It was a sunny Sunday morning when a cowboy went to town. He headed for the nearest church and quietly sat down. There was polish on his well-worn boots. His shirt was starched and clean. He'd brushed the ranch off of his hat and wore his best-pressed jeans. The church was mighty fancy, and the folks dressed fancy, too, and they all looked him over as they headed to their pews. The organ sounded beautiful. The choir all sang in tune. The preacher didn't talk too long, and he was out by noon. And as he left, the preacher said, You're new here, aren't you, friend? I thought so, by the way you're dressed. I hope you'll come again, but do a little praying first. Ask God what you should wear. Next Sunday, the cowboys back in church and felt the preacher's stare because he was dressed just like last week. Not a single soul said hi, but the preacher pulled him to one side and asked the cowboy why he came back dressed the way he was. The cowboy shook his head. The preacher pressed the issue until the cowboy said, Preacher, I did like you asked. I prayed he'd make it clear. But God don't know your dress code since he never has been here. I'm Jeff Hildebrandt, and that's my view from the pew. What's yours? If you'd like Jeff to share his faith-based poetry with your organization, just email him. It's viewfromthepew at hotmail.com. I'm Tom Moeller. Thanks for joining us along the way today. And join me weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 94.7 FM, The Word, as I introduce the teaching features along with traffic and weather. Then, back here on weekends on Along the Way. I'll talk to you then.